is a podcast featuring active service members discuss their thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and issues. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of the Department of Defense and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, your discretion advice. Good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pit Talk, pulling pitch and opinions with your host, Gunny G. Uh, another short session about adversity and resilience. I think it's a big deal uh, for anybody that's listening. Uh, we have a special guest by Michael O'Hara, uh, a, a good friend of mine. Uh, previous, we, we served previously together. But before we get there, if you haven't followed, like or subscribe. Follow, like, subscribe everywhere you get your podcast and uh, on social media. Just shoot me a, shoot me a comment. See what you, uh, I would love to hear what you guys think about it. Uh, but we got a special guest, Mike. Can you hear? Can you hear me? Yep. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me. Is really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike, for coming on, sir. I appreciate you coming on, sir. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. You still like it or no, what? I know, no, I know. No, I know, sir. I never liked it. To be honest. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, um, where Where are you at right now? I'm in Northwest Connecticut, so I'm up in the hills of Northwest Connecticut, right on the border of Massachusetts and New York, Um, and I'm just out in the middle of, I'm actually in an art studio that that I lucked into completely, but I have a studio that I work in now, so it's right across my house, and I've got this beautiful view, but where are you at? I'm in uh, the gloomy state of Washington. Uh Uh-huh. It's really cold. What are you doing up there? Uh, we, I, I'm, I'm here with Marine Corps Security Forces Battalion, Banger. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. I worked with them um, when I was in Cuba. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't ever work in Banger, but um, a lot of the Security Forces Marines that I worked with uh, had been up there, and they pretty much hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think so. The culture still is hate here, so we're trying. Is think, it? Uh, okay. <laughs> trying to change that culture, but it's not really yeah. working. You know? ah. But thanks for coming on, Mike. I appreciate it. I know you're busy. You're a busy man. We've got some stuff on the Thank side. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And I wanted to talk about adversity and resilience. Those so key yeah. token words, but it just means life struggles and how we and, and how we uh, strive to get out of those situations and seasons. Uh, I'll start with I'll start with the first question, Mike. Um, can you share a little bit about? your duty stations or, and or life experience mm-hmm. you found the most challenging and difficult and yeah. what, made it, what made it that way? I was, I was thinking about this question and I don't want to cop out, but at least in, in terms of duty stations, the hardest one that I had was the one that we were at together for sure. Mm. The, the, the recruit depot in San Diego. Um, and, uh, you know, I hesitate to bring, to even bring that up because because of uh, you know our relationship, honestly, because you were you're an enlisted guy, you were a DI, you, you rose up through the ranks of the the enlisted billets on the depot, and I was an officer, and and you, like the ex- I wasn't in those um, you know uh, barracks rooms or those offices or like you know up in the middle of the night like running around voice horse you know like I, I don't have that experience. Uh-huh. Um, which I see as like, you know, hardcore, um, 
dragon slayer shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but for me as, as an officer on the depot, it was a really different experience because it was, um, for one, the depot was just like the most temperamentally, like uh, diametrically opposed to, to my temperament and personality that I can like imagine, That's good, you know, yeah. it's, it's a machine. It's, it's just a machine, you know, and, and machines don't like the complexities of, of human beings, you know? So they, the, 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 an institution that needs to run like a machine needs to flatten those differences and, and those complexities. And there's a reason for that in the depot. That's a really good reason. That's a, like a national level strategic value. But for me, for, for little old me personally showing up at the depot is like, what the fuck is this shit? What are all these games that everybody's playing? What are these silly rules? What are, you know, what, what is all the, on the officer level, what is all this horrible, malignant politics going on where everybody's just sort of, you know, like, uh, buttering each other up to, to put it lightly. Um, and, uh, yeah. So like before that I was, I had, I had been a cat platoon. I had a lot of adversity attached to it, but it was fun. It was, to me, it was like purposeful and it was like, I, that was what I kind of signed up to do. And yeah. then once I got to the machine that was the depot, that was really, that was a significant challenge, but I, I definitely feel like I learned, like, I look back on that time and I, I'm like more proud of figuring that out. Even if I didn't even do that well, I'm more proud of figuring that out than like figuring out how to be an infantry officer, I would say. That's, that's, I appreciate that too. Cause a lot of, uh, in, in, in during our time there, it was, I experienced a lot of, uh, officers that thought they rated, <clears throat> rated uh, quote unquote like hey i do just as much hard work as you do yeah and it, it was a it was either a good relationship or it was a relationship you didn't want to have and it was it was not like no in between right. it was just either either or you know what i mean yeah yeah so to, talk on, well, to talk on on that part though mike uh what specific adversities or hardships did you encounter that made that duty station so challenging yeah and 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 how did that affect you professionally and personally with relationships yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to be totally straight with you because that's what podcasts are for. But absolutely, um, I uh, you know I was dealing with like like a probably the worst mental health crisis I've ever been through um, for the duration of the time that I was at San in San Diego um, I, <laughs> during the time that we were in. Um, I'm hoping I hid this pretty well, but I don't know if I did or not. But um, when we were in, cause we were in Mike company together. Right. And then yeah, we were sure. in SCC. Yeah. That's right. So we were, so when we were in Mike company, um, I was having two or three panic attacks a day and I didn't know what a panic attack was. Um, and I was like, you know, I, I would, especially in those super duper close quarters, like you can't even, if you, if you're like not all right for a second, especially I can talk about now, but especially in front of you guys where you're killing yourselves to train these Marines, like literally destroying your bodies and your, and your voices. And I'm over here having a mental health crisis, not because I'm working so hard, but because of these sort of more abstract, you know, political influences or whatever that's going on there. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a place that is, is, uh, structured to, 
handle those types of problems. You know, e even the, the, the bringing up a mental health issue on the depot um, immediately puts you in the same, immediately, uh, how do I say this? Immediately compares you to the recruits who, I don't know if this is happening still, but at the time would use um, mental health issues as a sort of sneaky way to yeah. get out of training, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you're in a, like my experience was, and, and, and the, the source of that, I guess was, um, you know, I felt as an infantry, it, it was complicated, but part of it was like, as an infantry officer, what I, what I learned to care about, what I valued professionally the most was making sure Marines were ready for combat and to, to, to do everything that you could to um, influence them so that whoever they influenced down the line, even if you didn't end up in combat yourself or someone else, if that Marine didn't end up in combat, you know, the Marine that they trained or, you know, the grandson of the Marine that they trained um, might live or die based off of what you, how, how well you train that person. And I know you guys live with that every day as, as drill instructors. Um, but the the officer environment on the depot was was at least to me at the time far more concerned with how should things look so that it reflects the public's perception of what marines should look like does that make it, sense it does it does yeah um and I think that there's overlap and I think that it's possible for those two things to line up. And I think that there have been historical periods where they did, but at the time it just felt like, what are we doing? Like, are, like you're telling me like, these are the things that are important and that there's no way that there's no room for negotiation or thought or creativity in how we apply these things. And like my sort of like, you know, um, holy mission as an infantry officer is to like, try to teach people how to keep themselves and and their people alive you know yeah um and uh but it was it, it was more than that you know there, there was lots of things going on but it really it, it had serious effects on my relationships outside of the depot i you know it had a serious effect on my ability to do my job um i don't i, I look back on our time at my company and i don't feel like i was like you know I don't feel like I was giving a lot from me being around, you know, at, at STC, I might <laughs> I'm just being honest, you know, there's, there's yeah, no yeah. point in uh, sugarcoating it at this point, but at STC that may or may not have been the case. I feel like I may have had something to offer there, but, um, but at, at my company, I was, you know, I got demoted. I got basically fired. And then that was that led to me going to SEC, which is this actually feeds into what I wanted to talk about with adversity, I guess, because that all was like the adversity picture for me. Um, I did not know that. that. Holy you did it. You did it. You didn't know any of that. I didn't know that you got uh, demoted and then fired and then pushed to STC. No, I thought you were just kind of did your time. And now you're at SEC like anybody else with quota out yeah. and, and uh, yeah. move it along. Well, so right? I didn't. Yeah, but I so I got demoted in my company because um, I'm not going to drop. I won't drop names here, but the, the leadership structure was not a fan of me. Um, 
but I got demoted. And then that led to getting promoted two steps up to the company commander at, at STC. But that was a whole big drama. Do you know anything about that? Sir, we were there together too. Yeah, I know. I know. And, do you, uh, do you that, remember how that all went? That was rough. Yeah. That was rough. Well, let's talk about SCC. it because here's adversity, yeah. right? Yeah. You're, let's, let's, uh, you're talking about your own adversity here, and then you kind of, you're not in a good mental health space, right? Right. And then now you kind of transition over to SEC, and now your billet is bigger. It's not even smaller, it just got bigger. Right. Right. Yeah. Now the capa- your capacity is a lot more bigger. Even though you may not be able to handle it at the time, you had mm-hmm. to figure it out. Right. And right. so you got to put in well, that dynamic where exactly one one person really uh try to play puppeteer with every single mm-hmm. individual and he wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't trying to have the kneecap kneecap relationship and i understand right. because previous to us there was a lot the culture was weird there everything was happening and it was weird right it I was pretty bad that, yeah yeah and so i understand the dynamic but after the change it should go back to like look we're men right let's talk right. like men and it wasn't like that. It was more recruit mode with instructors there, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't jive with that personally. But let, let's uh, it's not about me. It's about Mike here. Your adversity in SEC. How was it? So so this is where this is the lesson that I feel like I learned from the depot, and it wasn't it, it was what got me to SEC because so I was in this really bad place at at my company, um, and then. Um, my my friends for some reason outside of the company that we were in started they worked at stc and they started like recommending me um to be the company commander for stc without my input at all (laughs) i wasn't asking for that i wasn't hoping for it i was just like i just need to keep my head down not get in trouble you know do do as little damage as possible but then lieutenant colonel lens um who is to this day probably the best leader that I actually worked for um, instead of listening to everyone else's opinions about me, she interviewed me personally. And this was like such a, I still respect her um, for doing this, but she interviewed myself and the other company commander for my company who had been doing a lot of politicking to try to get that position. And I had not. Um, And at that moment, what I decided to do so I, I don't think you guys maybe dealt with this, but the officers at the depot at that time were just like, it, honesty was like not a value. <laughs> like what was the value was sucking up to your boss, towing the party line, politicking so you can maybe get a better billet and, you know, not, not be at work so much. Um, and I just decided not to do that. And I know what my values were and tell the truth and not try to make anything happen at all. And when I did that, I got promoted <laughs> and process kind of like reclaimed what I was about and my own values and saying like, okay, I can't, I can't change this place, but maybe I can have something like a positive impact um, while I'm here. So I'm just, I'm just going to tell the truth. I'm not going to pretend to be any, anyone that I'm not. I'm going to try to do right by the people that I can We'll let, we'll see what happens. And, and for some reason, um, a good leader, like decided to talk to me and find out who I really was and put me in that position. So 
Um, so once I was there, it was funny because it was a job for me than being a CEO of my company. Does that make any sense? It was it so much no, easier. Does, yeah. Yeah. It was, and it was like what I, what I could do. Like I could, I could, my strengths lie somewhere in like abstract decision-making and, um, vision over time and like empathy and like these kids needed to feel like they were valued. And, and so did the instructors. They needed to feel like they were valued and like they were human beings and men that were going to like, that were fucking Marines and like, or trying to be fucking Marines and, and like be treated like humans. And that was basically my only goal at SDC. And I don't know if it worked, but um, that was a situation where it was like, Oh, I'm actually like doing the job that I'm, you know, that I wanted to do <laughs> yeah, as, a, yeah, as yeah. a Marine officer, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, just do, do like, I, I wasn't any good at like watching kids wash their hands and like walk around the squad base like that. That wasn't, that wasn't my shit, <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, but I'm actually really curious. Like what was your, how did your experience at the depot, um, like, did it, did, did you have any commonalities with that or was it a completely different kind? Cause you guys have such a different track as, well, as DIs. Well, this is, this is your show. Not my, I'm not getting interviewed. You're getting interviewed, Mike. I'm just curious. You said it was a conversation. Well, I, to keep it, to keep it short. I, I think the dynamic is, is quite the mm-hmm. same. It's a, uh, if, if you politic and you, you know, sugar people up, you get the billet that you want. I think that's what it, the same across, across yeah, the board okay. was for all Marines there. I think the dynamic was different for officer enlisted, right? Because you're saying, yeah. you know, I agree with you. Very we were different. in suck. Not necessarily you guys were out of the suck, but you had to be in order for you guys to uh, maintain the safety and welfare of, of recruits and Marines, right? So that made sense. That dynamic made sense. We all had a role mm-hmm. to play. And right. uh, washing of the hands, maybe walking around was part of the gig. Right. Although what impact did it have? I don't know uh, to this day, but <laughs> yeah. but I I understand the roles that each of us had to play. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was it's it's the yeah. same. It's just it was more it was different. I don't know how. Yeah, it was just different. Same but different. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But you touched on it uh, navigating those difficulties, uh, Mike. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, not any safe rounds, but specific support <laughs> systems, lessons learned. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. help? How do you help individuals, just people in general, not even Marines, just people in general, yep. overcome those tough times? And, and what can you share with us? Yeah. The the I, the simplest, like, most straightforward thing that I was thinking about as I was thinking about these questions is um, there's this song you should share with your listeners called um, It's Never Too Late by a band called the Nat Turner Rebellion. Hmm. And the... Uh, the chorus of that song is it's never too late to get your values straight. And that is the recipe for, for, um, adversity. Like when we say, when we say values, like not what someone else tells you is important to you, not what the Marine Corps tells you is important to you, not what your friends say, like you need to do the thinking and the, the internal work yourself whether that's books or writing or just thinking, walking, like it doesn't matter, but like figure out what you're about, figure out what you're really about. And, and I would go as far as like 
break down your week, like record everything that you do over the course of a week and then break it out into categories and figure out how much time you spend on those things. And, and you can pretty much tease out what your values are from that. Like for me, I decided my values are uh, like what I'm about is beauty, love and responsibility. And like everything that isn't included in beauty and love, responsibility takes care of that. So like any, any like marine software that I got to use, that's under responsibility. But um, I, that's honestly like what I recommend for anybody in a situation that they, that feels um, unmanageable or un like, like you just can't get through it is like, figure out what you're about. Do you really want this? You know, like, like the part of becoming a Marine, I think is saying like, yes, I do really want this. And then once you do that, you have to say like, what is it that I want? You have to, you have to decide I'm, I'm about what the Marines tell me to be about within whatever tolerances are acceptable to me. But you have to, you know, you have to be in line. If you're going to be a Marine, you got to be in line with the, with the value system of the Marine Corps, but there's room for your own choices. But, um, I think when it comes to adversity and, and like, listen, and I, I feel like you might be this way too, Israel, like I've, I'm the, I'm the kind of person and I've always been this kind of person where I like seek adversity out. Like I, I look for hard things to do and then see if I can do them. And then over the, um, years and years, you, you, you become confident. Like you, you, you figure out that you can do stuff that's hard Yeah, and you, you know, it, you might feel that fear or the discomfort at the beginning of that journey for, for some new thing that's difficult that you haven't done before. But after you've done it a few, you know, a bunch of times over the course of 10, 20 years or whatever, you're just like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Like I know that I can figure it out. So the first time you make it through something hard, that's like the first brick in the wall and you just got to keep going. You know, it, like I hate to say like, you know, weakness is a choice raw, but, <laughs> <laughs> but giving up is a choice, you know? Yeah. Like, Giving up is a choice, but at, at the same time, I think we I, we both saw a lot of kids, a lot of recruits that just didn't have the tools to know how to not give up. You know, yeah. And I th I think that simplest, straightforward, not too long answer, like figure out what you're about, and then fucking act on it, and then just keep going. That's good. That's good, Mike. I appreciate that, man, because. Everybody, everybody that I've, uh, that I speak to not interview, this is not an interview, man. This is just a conversation. Yeah. Um, it's just, everybody has something different that works for them. Mm -hmm. it's, nobody has the same cookie cutter life guidelines rule book, right? It's, it's different. Everybody is genetically different to the core, right? Yeah. And so finding out, I, that's good advice, man. Finding out what you're really about and then applying that mm -hmm. to, to what you do every single day is. That's that's hard in itself too to be consistent that way, right? Because totally, you know, there's two different roads. There's a big green machine road, and then mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't necessarily align with what you really value. You, right? You, does that make sense? And you got to really ha figure out the happy medium, and that's a battle in itself too. So I appreciate that, Mike. It, totally finding finding things that you're about and applying them to your life is is good advice. Um, one one last thing though, you know, to your question to me mm -hmm. is. You know, I, I wanted you on because we faced together uh, on opposite sides of the spectrum some adversity yeah. in uh, STC. 
you had to sign some of the things that I didn't want to sign. You remember those? I remember. They I were, remember they were called page 11s. Do you remember those? Drama with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what was the situation? Uh, well, not to name drop or anything. There were some yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain, certain personalities that I didn't jive with, right? You oh, came right. Yeah, I, I remember this very clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You came <laughs> into the seat the same way I got into SDC. Yep. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't playing the game anymore, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bleed blue kind of thing in my company. And right. so personalities didn't jive there. And then I got moved to uh, a place where it was, it was different. The dynamic was different, right? I was mm-hmm. thoroughly indoctrinated in love and core and country. Everything yep. meant something to me. Every role meant something to me. And then to come down to SCC was a, was a quite, a, what a, quite an experience because yeah. I wasn't driving with pers- personalities that were above me. Right. And Billix will love me, right? Yeah. And so I didn't want to play the game that way anymore. Let me just be me so that I can mm-hmm. I can fully, you know, do my job well. Just like yep. you. And yep. that wasn't that wasn't the case. And you know, it didn't jive. And you know, me and you had to have I remember having a conversation in with you and some other individual was like I I if I remember vividly, my memory's shot, but if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. I told you I was like, Sir, I was like at the time, sir, you know me. This is, this is not who I am. Yeah. And you were in a crossroads of good order and discipline. Right. Right. And you had yeah. tough decisions that I didn't, I didn't appreciate at the time. Right. I know. Yeah. And, you know, leadership changed, billet changes. And then all of a sudden I went from bottom of the totem pole to mm-hmm. the right hand man of the series, the company commander right. as a company gunny. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so and that's what. Now, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. And then that was, that was the dynamic that you went through as the company commander at STC, previous to yes. coming. And now, yep. You know, I had a good leader in Randall Park. They shout out because I talked to him still. Yeah. He saw something that somebody Great else man. didn't see. Yeah, it's a good dude, right? Um, he saw something else that he didn't see, and he gave me a shot because yeah. he knew my potential, and I yep. and I thrived. Yeah. And then you got replaced by uh, Gonzo. Gonzo, yeah, yeah, another good dude, right? Yeah, he's a um, he's like he and I, I felt really good about leaving things with him. He, yeah, he, I'm. I remember that. I wasn't sure if you were going to bring that up, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, like so. So I, you may not have known that at the time, but your experience at that moment was exactly mirroring what my experience had been up to that point, and I was like. Listen, I know this guy. Like Garcia is like, for you know, you one you can talk trash like, um, <laughs> but people uh, like certain people don't under- listen. And there's a big conversation around this, but like certain people don't understand that that's like a way of relating. It's not intended to be disrespectful. Um, and I knew that you know this the previous leader that you're talking about was trying to he had a certain vision and i you know i was coming into the company i couldn't exactly like you know tell tell that person in that position to go fuck himself but i didn't agree with his assessment of the situation at all because i knew you and i knew like you're I know that you have like a tender heart deep down inside of you, whether or not you want to admit it, you know, like I know you got that. And then I know you can like slay bodies too. And you're a, you're a real person. 
you know, like I knew that you were someone that needed to be at the higher levels of leadership, because if you were given that opportunity, you like all of your strengths would come out. I hope this is okay to say. Absolutely. Um, being limited and judged and sort of like put in pigeonholed by someone who didn't understand, didn't want to take the time to understand who you were. And <laughs> that I didn't appreciate. Uh, that's good. Cause you know, not to make this, cause this is supposed to be like these interview, these conversations are supposed to be kind of 10, yeah. 15 minutes so that the schedule can right. remain. And, and you know, just some quick tidbits for uh, individuals, people that want to, want to learn. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what it was. And without, without Randall taking me out of that hole, mm -hmm. I don't know where I would be. Cause I, that was a domino effect to, to my career, mm -hmm. to my life. And my wife can attest, like it was a rough period for me. And I believe it. I believe with, it with God's grace, man. I didn't, I didn't I divinely put Randall and, you know, mm -hmm. You two at the at the forefront, and then you kind of transitioned now, and then Gonzo came in. Yeah, it was right. you know a three headed spear, and it was it was amazing experience for me, and it turned That's out great. for my benefit, and I'm sure yours as well. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that, and and shout out Randall Parks for real because you know whether or not I was I was technically the company commander and the the you know the guy in charge, if if we hadn't gotten the first sergeant like that. I wouldn't, you know, he and I wouldn't have been able to run things the way that to run. And and Randall and I were totally on the same page, you know, like he, he I can trust him to just like take care of people like they should yeah. be taken care of. You know what I mean? Like not fucking smash people for, you know, minor infractions. And yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, but my it's really wonderful to talk to you, man. Absolutely. Thank it's been a pleasure. And I would, I would love to have you on again and, and just talk about life in general. Uh, I yeah. appreciate your time, Mike. And I know this is, it's just short, but you know, this is, this is, it's been helpful for me to just kind of have a conversation with you and just kind of relate in terms of adversities. And for anybody listening to just tune in, you know, look at, look at what's, what's important to you and then apply that to life. That's what, in a nutshell, Mike has, what we talked about this morning, All right, because it is morning over here. I know it's afternoon over there. Uh, but again, Mike, thanks for taking the time talking to us on Pit Talk, uh, pulling pits and opinions. Uh, any, just we should keep in contact, Mike. I appreciate you taking yeah. that well for sure. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really, really a, a pleasure, and I hope we can talk again soon. Sweet, I appreciate that, Mike. Uh, for ladies and gentlemen, this is Pit Talk, pulling pits and opinions with your host Gunny G. We out. Talk is a podcast featuring active service members who discuss their thoughts and opinions on various issues around military life, current events, and issues. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of our events and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, your discretion advice.